Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. So Supreme Court confirmation hearings are back to being boring. Uh, It used to be fireworks. used to be you never knew what the hell was going to happen. It used to be, uh, well, what happened the last time a white man was nominated for the Supreme Court? Something like this? Cut 18? Stop that man! Stop that white man! Of his duties depends. Pagans. This is another example. Really interested in seeing them in the first place, but indeed to protect individual. Shut up, Chuck. Okay, that's that was uh, two minutes into uh, the confirmation hearings for Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, right now, we see nothing like that whatsoever for Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, um, because, well, let's face it. I mean, she is so incredibly qualified, right? Cut 23. Put aside all the politics and the nonsense and just get back down to the qualifications of this nominee. Number one, graduating from Harvard twice with honors. Number two, nine years as a federal judge. Number three, private sector practice, public service. All of it's there. All of it's there, according to CNN. All of it. Great school. Was a judge. All of it's there. That's not how this is supposed to work. It doesn't matter. This is essentially a job interview. All right. First, you have to have a pretty good resume. Yes, you go to all those schools just to be eligible for consideration. It's not a slam dunk. It's funny because, you know, Judge Kavanaugh, he went to all those fancy schools. He was a judge. He had uh, great jobs in uh, the White House and elsewhere. That guy was basically the perfect candidate. Sterling resume. And how is he greeted again? Cut 18. You see, all right, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. Now, everything today is very, very polite. It must be polite, right, Republicans? It's, uh, let's see here. Yes, everything will be civilized and beautiful. Cut 26, no matter what. Let me be clear. We will not tolerate any disruptions from the audience. Any disruption will result in immediate removal. We won't try to turn this into a spectacle based upon alleged process fouls. It won't be a circus. We're off to a good start. As I told you the other, the other day, these proceedings will be thorough but civil. I am dedicated, as I always have been, to making sure that these hearings are respectful. This will not be a political oh. circus. Well, maybe I want a political circus. Maybe I want a spectacle. Maybe I want some surprises. This is a lifetime appointment, buddies. And you got beyond being polite, you're kissing her ass. And 
Why is that? Why is it? Why was um, Vogue magazine and Vanity Fair making Kamala Harris the woman of year, woman of the year, because she was condescending, snide, and rude to Judge Kavanaugh? Why is that? Well, there is a big racial component, a huge racial component. You got a bunch of white men on that panel who are afraid of looking uh, aggressive or judgmental or evaluative because they're white. And the optics in this crazy, weird, sick world we're in, somehow a white person evaluating a black person is, uh, well, that's just a bad, bad optics. That's that sends the wrong message. Oh, yeah. Well, according to you folks who live in the bubble who write headlines for Vanity Fair magazine and Vox and all those ridiculous websites run out of Brooklyn. Normal people aren't that way. Normal people don't talk like this, by the way. Uh, I'm going to, some of these voices you'll recognize, some you may not. Some are famous, some not so famous. Some people are white, some people are black, some people are Hispanic. But they're, they all have one thing in common. They all believe that it's very distasteful. Very uncool, very not hip right now to be a white man in America. Just ask the white man. First guy you'll hear is uh, Howard Dean. Remember him? Yeah! The screamer from Iowa, doctor from Vermont, former governor. And uh, here we go. And away we go. Cut 19. I'm asking for trouble here because here I am, an old, old white guy talking about race relations. This is what I'm saying to you. Why the rage, bruh? You, you, you're doing well, but you're a mean, mad white man. I think I'm just embarrassed as a white person. We must not be cowed by the terror unleashed by white men drowning in the deep end of racism, xenophobia, and misogyny. I'm an old white guy, and I love Barack Obama. You can save me white men tears. I don't need to hear that. We don't realize sometimes, especially as a white person, how impactful, how offensive they are. I just know gray-haired white guy in a suit, you know, fairly boring. That's uh, Bill Clinton at the end there. (laughs) Fairly boring. Bill, you're many things, but you're not boring. All right. We all know. Oh, boy, you ain't boring. And you're rich and you're a former two-term president. Now you can sit there, stand there and say, oh, I'm just an old fuddy-duddy white guy. You see, the thing is, you guys should speak for yourselves and nobody else to pretend that you represent other white. You don't represent anybody but yourselves. And that sounds innocent, sounds even self-deprecating. It is a naked, raw power play. And only powerful people would do it. Rich, powerful people. Pointing to the color of their skin, they're so secure in their position, they can point to what is now a major liability. And no, yeah, I can point to this now new limitation and still be powerful and still be rich. But I'll be, there'll be more approval for me. It's a very weird moment. I ain't going along with it. I don't think anybody of any color should be going along with this ludicrous conversation we're having about race right now in America. White people, black people, you name it. It's basically folks on the left. And by the way, you just heard how uh, uncool and out of it white men are, according to white men. Let's listen to how beautiful, how with it, how powerful 
black people are, especially black women, according to black women, white men, you name it, cut 20. Seeing this woman, this beautiful, dynamic black woman on that show and just thinking anything was possible. She's clearly one of the most powerful black women on the planet. What I've known are powerful black women who've given me a sense of self-worth, a sense of dignity. Thank you. Thank you, beautiful black woman. I love you. Thank you. You take care. Thanks for representing. All right. So uh, these these obviously are very strange people. Nobody talks like that in real life. Uh, That was... um, Don Lemon at the end, who's changed his tune on CNN uh, rather dramatically because they're trying to do straight news now. And a lot of folks haven't done that in a very long time. So they're playing a little bit of catch up. I think Don can do it. I think the others can do it. Um, they're probably going through a midlife crisis right now, <laughs> rediscovering themselves. But He's actually a nice guy in real life. Now, that brings me back to Judge Jackson, Katenji Brown Jackson, Katanji. Uh, very nice person. Supreme Court justice? Who knows? You know, now the standards are so low in America. Uh, because, you know, remember, we said Black Lives Matter, those riots were good. Somehow in today's America, George Floyd is a hero. So in, uh, Katanji Brown Jackson steps forward and like I think officially 80 percent of America, maybe it's lower now, it's more than 50 percent. We're people of faith, right? The moment we hear something like this, it's like, oh, my gosh, give her <laughs> give her not, not that the Supreme Court isn't good enough for her. Make her the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Cut 21. I must begin these very brief remarks by thanking God for delivering me to this point in my professional journey. My life has been blessed beyond measure, and I do know that one can only come this far by faith. That's a beautiful sentiment. I like it. And then, oh, that's a beautiful thing. I agree. Wow, and you have come far. Federal judge nominated by the president for the Supreme Court. That doesn't mean you get to the Supreme Court, but it's a beautiful thing. And there are people right now on Capitol Hill, Republicans and Democrats, more Republicans and Democrats, who don't want to aggressively challenge her and question her because they think it will look bad. It's one of the things I miss about Donald Trump, I swear. You know what? He treated everybody, everybody like an individual because they are. He didn't make assumptions. He didn't make, you know, the furthest thing from his mind. What did What did Biden say that one time? If you don't vote for me then you ain't black. You remember that? That's how he thinks. If you're if you look a certain way, you must act a certain way. And that is I believe racist, right? That's racist. Um by the way, the heat that Kavanaugh was going through, it was even before Christine Blasey Ford showed up. It was a, a disgrace and embarrassment before she showed up. And when she did, then it just got, well, then it, uh, do you remember her? You remember this ditz? She told that story. So many holes, you could have driven a fleet of aircraft carriers through it. Christine Blasey Ford. And Republicans were afraid to challenge her again because of that silly word, optics. Hey, let me tell you something, folks. Uh, This is to the senators on that Judiciary Committee. 
No one's going to remember anything 10 minutes from now, all right? It all goes away. America is a bunch of babies, quite frankly, uh, with ADD. You think we're thinking about you all day long? No, we're not. But we'll be living with the ramifications of your decisions over the next couple of days for a long, long time. The fact that they did not challenge this woman, Christine Blasey Ford, who I wish Kavanaugh had sued. Do you remember her? Cut 24. I am here today not because I want to be. I am terrified. I am here because I believe it is my civic duty to tell you what happened to me while Brett Kavanaugh and I were in high school. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. I thought it was my civic duty to relay the information I had about Mr. Kavanaugh's conduct so that those considering his nomination would know about this assault. Wow. So compelling. Now, they knew that she didn't have a shred of corroborating evidence, not a scintilla, as Joe Biden might say. But they were afraid. They were afraid to go after the truth, which was that she was lying. Then if she wasn't, she made it up in her head and convinced herself that something happened when Brett Kavanaugh had nothing to do with it. But Republicans were not uh, brave enough to take her on. So what did they do? With all their power, with all their clout, get elected to the United States Senate. Somebody comes in there, says outrageous claims. Do they push back? No. They delegate it to some some a lawyer from Arizona. They hired somebody. You'll hear uh, Grassley talk about it here. Miss Mitchell. Miss Mitchell will do all the questioning. Not us. Miss Mitchell. Cut 25. With that, uh, uh, Miss Mitchell, uh, you have my five minutes to ask questions. Miss Mitchell for Senator Graham. It is uh, Senator Cornyn's time, so proceed, Miss Mitchell. Miss uh, Mitchell for Senator, for Senator uh, Hatch. Miss Mitchell. Miss Mitchell. Miss um, Mitchell. You guys, sh- dereliction of duty. And it looks like they're doing the same thing now, dropping the ball. I'll be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. That's me. And you cannot find me on Twitter. I'm saying goodbye to Twitter, at least uh, for the rest of the month, which I know is not a long amount of time. But I'm sorry. Screw you, Twitter. I believe in freedom of speech. There's a great publication. It's called the Babylon Bee. I think they're based in Florida. It's a website. It's uh, reminiscent of The Onion, satire, you know, a lot of political stuff. Very, very funny. And they had this really, I thought, clever, interesting thing about woman of the year and man of the year. So they made Rachel Levine, you know that is, right? The transgender assistant secretary of the health used to be Richard. She played football with... General Mark Milley back in high school and uh, gender dysphoria. So anyway, she had an operation and now she identifies as a woman. And that's why Joe Biden gave her that big job, because it's a great big smack kiss up to the left. And it's very fashionable right now, of course, to uh, embrace the transgender movement. Right. Very fashionable and very What do they call you if you uh, are a little bit hesitant about that? You're a fascist. You're uh, this. uh 
Uh, no, it's just that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, okay, I'm just, I'm just adjusting here. I'm, I, I do think it's, um, it's, it's being jammed down our throats. And why is that? Why is that? Gender dysphoria is a disorder. You can look it up. The American Psychiatric Association has labeled it such for decades. And getting radical, irreversible surgery to um, uh, change one's gender. Well, a lot of us don't think that children should be faced with that. Right? Rachel Levine, however, Dr. Rachel Levine, formerly Richard, does not believe that you should know her feelings about this. When directly asked by Senator Rand Paul. Now, I know I played this yesterday, but I want to set this up because what happened to people making fun of her, and I'm sorry, Rachel Levine, yes, you are mockable for your views, for your appearance, for a lot of things. All right? Are you uncomfortable? she uncomfortable with people making fun of her? Well, she could stay home. She didn't have to take this high-profile job. This is America. We're allowed to say what we want. And she's a little bit weird. Okay? Oh, arrest me. What she wants to do to children. That's pretty weird. Cut 37, please. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, And if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. That's her way of saying she does think that children should undergo that kind of therapy. You think you're being cute there, Rachel Levine? You're not. Everybody knows that you're a radical nut job when it comes to these issues. And we're uncomfortable with that. But a majority confirmed you. Anyway, the Babylon Bee made fun of this situation. Now, why did USA Today, which we all got for free at the hotel, nobody buys it, nobody subscribes to it. It's always floating around some Hampton Inn. There it is. It's kind of a phony newspaper. So they made her woman of the year. Now, obviously, they're having a little bit of fun. They're getting their jollies off, just like the New York Times. Somebody there is very curious about crossing over to the other gender. All right? Why else would they write about it all the time? I've lived a pretty active, interesting life. I've traveled the world. I've met one transgender in my life. Two. One was Caitlyn Jenner, okay? I interviewed her when she was running for governor. Very nice person, by the way, and doesn't want to talk about gender issues, which I'm fine with. She's like, I have a statement on my website. Anybody wants to know about that stuff, they can go to the website. I want to talk about taxes. I'm like, damn, all right, I like that. She lost, but um, also a very, very, very accomplished pilot, um, Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce, and I like that. Very interesting person. Had a wild life. Anyway, um, I mean, am I missing something? Is this is this they're pushing it on children because they want more transgenders? Now, why? I don't know. I really don't know what they would why they would want that. Anyway, the Babylon Bee made fun of this. That's fine. Calling her the man of the year. 
By the way, they made uh, Colin Kaepernick the woman of the year. They made a couple of uh, they made The Rock the woman of the year. And guess what? Twitter in- accused them of engaging in hate speech. Let's not let <laughs> hate speech for calling Rachel Levine man of the year, who was born Richard Levine. Is that hateful? No, it's funny. If it's not, if it doesn't make you laugh, that's fine. Not everything is supposed to make you feel good in life. Some things are supposed to fire you up. Some things are supposed to. I, I, you can't illegalize it. Well, Twitter is a private company. They can do what they want. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm getting a little tired of that argument. I really am. If you're in media, you know, Twitter is a lifeblood. You have to be on Twitter. Although I am taking a big step back. Why? Because of what they did to the Babylon Bee. I'm taking my talents to the water cooler, all right? I'm taking it to real life. I will not be sharing my views on Twitter for the time being. Let's see how this all shakes out. Can you imagine Con Edison saying that you could not have electricity unless you wrote things to their light bulb that they agreed with politically? Or Alexander Graham Bell said, you can't have my telephone unless you vote Democrat? Of course not. We take the phone from them, and we actually kind of did in a way, and we ought to take Twitter and Facebook and all that big tech stuff away from those geeks because they're not trustworthy. Bye-bye. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, here's some news. The NYPD has deployed more neighborhood safety teams. Yeah. What the hell is this? They're patting themselves on the back. Adams safety teams. We already have something. It's called the police department. I love the NYPD, but what's happening here under Adams and previously de Blasio, you know what they've gotten really good at? Handing out new T-shirts. I remember with uh, de Blasio, uh, they handed out a bunch of shirts, 400 shirts. It said counterterrorism team. Okay, great. Sounds great. Yeah, counterterrorism team. And now they put out safety teams, safety teams. And they're bragging about the safety team's first day on the job. 31 arrests. Congratulations. 31 arrests. Um, 31 arrests. Uh, okay. 8 million people, 31 arrests. Are you impressed? No, you shouldn't be impressed. But you know who is going to be impressed? About a bunch of 23-year-old reporters who work at City Hall. They don't even work at City Hall. Most of them work at their uh, friend's apartment in Brooklyn, all right, or mom's house, somewhere like that. Um, They don't know what's going on. Often they're not from New York. Uh, They just kind of regurgitate what they're being told of press release journalism. It's not even journalism. And, And then they can go back to what they really love to do, which is take pictures of themselves on Instagram. Um. Yeah, look at them. Fr- look at their friends. Look at themselves and post pictures on Instagram of, uh, you know, some cupcake you liked, or uh, I don't know, some club you went to, or you know, put your finger in your mouth and stick your tongue out. All that kind of crap. It's all anybody really wants. They don't want to do their job. They all want to be stars. And you can be a star, one follower at a time, right? One more follow. All it takes is what? No, it takes a lot more than that. <laughs> really, it, no one's paying attention anymore. You journalists out there, media types, you can't be good at your job if you're always looking at yourself in the mirror. And that's what you're all doing now. And 
it clogs up. You know, when I was not to say it was like 20 years ago when I was covering um, the tail end of uh, Giuliani and the beginning of the Bloomberg administration. I'd go down to City Hall. I would have read the papers in the morning. There was really nothing to do as I got myself down there other than think. Think about the story. Think about what happened. Think about what could happen next. Think. Think. And now it's uh, don't think, just post, 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 post. This happened eight seconds ago. <laughs> eight seconds ago, literally. So a lot of silliness going on. Uh <laughs> Uh, what did what did this uh, Emma Emma Roberts? What's her name? The Fitzgerald, some New York Times reporter, happens to be white, and that's the big thing now. Uh, do not criticize people of color if you are a white person. No, 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 no. You know how close you are at being called a racist if you do that in today's weird, sick world. Very close. The word has lost all meaning, of course. I heard Donald Trump say much the same thing to those Nelk boys during the podcast, which, oh, by the way, was canceled, which was removed from the Internet. Why would they care? What are they afraid of? They're afraid of something. In addition to Trump, they're afraid of us people, our own values. Now, there's a podcaster we're going to meet tonight on my Newsmax show. You know what she did? She talked to a, a girl from Virginia Tech who wasn't really crazy about Leah Thomas taking the trophy. Leah Thomas jumps in the pool, all six foot two of her, her man lungs, her man arms, her man legs. No penis, I guess, but man everything else. Yet, uh, and she wins. She wins this and she wins that. And the fake news, they won't talk about this. As a matter of fact, this is how the fake news treats it. Fake news actually pretends that Leah Thomas is normal. Cut 34, please. Blame it's not just today's race. Lee is actually competing in three different events. How do we see the rest of these championships playing out for her? Hoda, there is so much to watch. So she's going to first hit the pool this morning at 10 o'clock. That's the 500-yard freestyle. The prelims finals are tonight. She's favored to win the 500 and the 200-yard freestyles. She's also swimming in the 100-yard freestyle, and she's got a shot there. But in addition to watching for her winning those races, Hoda, we're also watching for the potential. She is within striking distance of the long-held collegiate records by Missy Franklin and Katie Ledecky. So, of course, we're going to be watching to see if she uh, touches those records during this weekend, too. She, 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 she. She's going to break the record of a of a woman named Katie. Katie is going to be beaten by a man. And they're fine with this. They're all happy and giddy about it. Why? Because they've got a larger agenda. And I'm pretty sure it's a sick one. I'm pretty sure it's an anti-family one. Now, why do I say that? I look at the Black Lives Matter website. And that has a lot to do with what's going on right now. A lot to do with it. Black Lives Matter, it's actually more of a trans movement than a black movement, by the way. Take a look at it when you get some time. It's all about trans folk. And it's all against the nuclear family. They don't like it, BLM leadership. They don't like it. Mother, father, children, they don't like that. It's very uh, Western. And you know things that are Western are somehow corrupt, right? Um, Oh, so getting back to this is a, a swimmer from Virginia Tech. Doesn't like Leah Thomas. Doesn't like what Leah has done to the sport. She speaks her mind. The woman holding the microphone right after this gets kicked off the Internet. Her name is Savannah. You're not going to hear from her, but she's holding the microphone. She gets kicked off the Internet 
for allowing this person to speak on her podcast. Cut 36. Like, I have a teammate who did not make finals today because she was just bumped out of finals. And it's heartbreaking to see someone who went through puberty as a, and has the body of a male be able to absolutely blow away the competition. And you go into it with a mindset that you are you don't have a chance, if that makes sense. Like, it's hard to compete against someone with the aerobic capacity, the muscle development, the body of a man. It, it's hard. Yeah. Good for you. Finally, we get to hear that. Not Blaine Alexander, an NBC report. Oh, she's going to do so well. So much anticipation of what she's going to do. Shh, no. No, 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 no. It's not like that. And you can look it up. People are booing her. So the person who hold, held the microphone for that interview has been banished from Twitter, banished from Facebook. Her name is uh, Savannah, Savannah something. Very interesting. And uh, we'll be talking to her. On my program tonight, I'm also going to pursue something that you may or may not have heard of. But uh, so Ashley Biden, daughter of Joe, you know about Ashley? It's funny. The family is rather camera shy. Joe Biden has uh, brothers, Frank and and Jim and a sister named Valerie. Try finding a picture of all them together in the same room. It's not easy. Uh, it's it's not easy at all. I don't know what the, I mean, like we shouldn't be seen together. All right. All right. Uh, anyway, Hunter and Ashley have hard time a hard time keeping track of their stuff. Hunter loses his laptop, and Ashley loses her diary. She lost her diary, and they've made a federal case out of it. They've made a federal case out of it. The FBI is raiding people's homes, trying to find information, threatening people. The FBI. It is incredible. Now, I actually... Read the diary. I did. I did. I have a lot of compassion for her. I know. If you had so much compassion, maybe you'd shut up about it and not read it. Well, in the summer, I'm sorry, the fall of 2020, I did read it. I found it on the National File website. I couldn't 1,000% confirm it, but I thought it was probably the real deal. It was a troubled woman going through a difficult time. I've uh, I've kept journals. I've never kept a diary, though. I tried. You keep it for three days and... And then you read it, and you just sound like some foreign. It doesn't sound like you, and it just sounds so whiny. And I, I didn't like it. I didn't keep up with it. Uh, but she kept up with it for a while, and she loses the damn thing. She's in somebody's house. She's renting an apartment in Delray, Florida, and she moves out. And she leaves her stuff. Well, finders keepers. I think that's the law. Uh, somebody finds it after she leaves. The person who found it lived there. She was already gone. This isn't stolen property. It's not hacked. And it makes its way to Project Veritas. You know about those guys, the undercover guys? They're pretty interesting. Sometimes they do a great job. Sometimes not so much. They found it. And I guess they were a little bit ambivalent about it, too. You know, is this newsworthy? What does it say? Look, the most troubling thing in there, and it's hard to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it. She says that she took showers with Joe Biden at an unusually um, uh, high age. You know, like it lasted too long into her childhood. Now, what are you going to do with that? Not much. I think not much. We do have a lot of pictures of Joe Biden uh, smelling, groping, kissing children he doesn't know, women he doesn't know, old ladies he doesn't know. 
This might be an element to that. Who knows? It's there. I think the thing that you got to do when you find a diary is return it to the owner, just like Davy Jones did in uh, in the Brady Bunch. Remember, you returned it to Marsha? I thought that was a classy thing to do. And it's not very classy, I guess, what I did, but it's in there and it's been published. And I am sorry, I don't think the FBI should be involved. I wouldn't be talking about it if you got... The New York Times did a major story on it yesterday. Not about the diary, not about the contents, but about... How they obtained it may have been violated. Shut up. Joe Biden became a United States senator in 1972 at the age of 29. And then that's when he stopped growing. He did. You can see this in famous people sometimes. When they make it big, a lot of them stop growing, stop learning. And where was America? Where was Joe Biden in 1972 as a 29-year-old? America was a very different place, okay? Politicians, presidents could use the FBI to get back at their enemies. It happened all the time. They could use the IRS to get back at their enemies. This is the this is the world that Joe Biden grew up in, all right? And he goes around saying to black people to their face, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. All right. This is a guy who's trapped in 1972. I, I would imagine in 1972, you might be able to say horrible things like that. It was a different world, a different time. And people were different. So all that to say, I believe that Joe Biden unleashed the FBI to protect in a ham handed fisted way to protect his daughter, Ashley. He's making matters worse. And by the way, if Ashley is looking for help, I don't think she's going to find it in the areas she's been looking. The solution is not with some guy. It's not in Ashley Blazer Biden. She kept writing her name. I can do anything. Not really. Instead of writing a book, you should read a book. It's called the Bible. Joe Biden brags about being a man of faith, yet he never talks about it. He only talks about how well he knows the Pope. Why is that? He could do so much for so many people, but for some reason he doesn't. What, what, maybe, well, maybe it's phony like everything else, like his hair, like his teeth, like his smile, and like his word, because he is a certified liar. Cut 27. So what about the Americans who really today only want me to ask you about Hunter Biden's laptop? How are you going to get them to see that you are fighting for them when they're so dead set against you? There's nothing to any of that. Nothing to any of that. It's all a smear. Every major outfit, every serious investigator has pointed out that this is a smear. This is classic Trump. Um. It took a local news reporter to ask that question, by the way. The national media, what would they do? They would uh, protect Joe. They protected Joe every time. Uh, when Donald Trump brought it up, Kristen Welker shut it down. Cut 29. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Joe, this is all coming home to roost. 
You're in trouble, pal. Uh, Joe in New Jersey, hi. Hi, Joe. Uh, Greg? Yeah. Good afternoon. Uh, I just want to make a point. Um, a lot of people call white men racist for whatever the reason, which um, I'm not, of course. But the thing is, about 25% of black women marry white men, and 35% of professional women, including Kamala Harris, is married to a white man. So where is the racism in this country? I don't see it. I really do not see it. My very first girlfriend, I'm Sicilian, was Jamaican. Her family was racist against me because they thought I was a Puerto Rican. So tell me, Mr. Greg, what the hell is going on in this country? Well, I don't know what's going on with uh, that particular scenario. Let me let me run this by you, Joe. Here's how we're not a racist country. If someone utters the N-word and it's caught on tape, it's national news, right? Of course. It's national news. There was a lady downtown. I, I remember it was like two years ago. She was calling the N-word this, the N-word that, and somebody caught it on tape. By the way, I think she was, you know, one of those performance artists or whatever. It was national news. They were talking about it in Tacoma, Washington. Some lady said the N-word. I mean, it's just so we've been told so many lies about this country. Who did you say you married? You're Italian and you married a Jamaican woman. Are you still married? No, no. My very first girlfriend when I came to this country was Jamaican. I used to live in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Did you finally get married? And of course. No, not her. She was a beautiful woman, though. <laughs> I was too young to marry her. Yeah. You but, settled uh, down, though, right? Anyway, huh? Did you settle down finally? Oh, yeah. I got two wonderful kids, grandchildren. I'm an old man. I'm an old white man. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I know you're joking. I can't stand it when I know you're joking. Not you, but I can't stand it when people say that. I'm just an old white guy. What do I know? You hear people say that, right, Joe? Laughing. But anyway. All right. All right. Keep in touch. Hey, listen, I got to take a quick break. Oh, Lindsey Graham stormed out of the uh, hearings. And, hey, speaking of wives, my wife just walked in. I have to take care of this. All is well. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, do I really have to do this? Do I really have to listen to the hearing right now? The Supreme. All right, just a couple of seconds. Let's see if anything is happening. Uh, Katanji, sorry, how do you say it again? Um, Judge Brown Jackson, Katanji Brown Jackson. It uh, looks like Mike Lee is talking to her, some guy from Utah. Go ahead. Is with reference to the meaning of the text at the time. All right. That's good that enough. Is- All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> just can't. Um, you ever listen to the Supreme Court actually in session? It sounds pretty quick, like they're talking in a foreign language. I just... Um, but this got interesting. Apparently, uh, Lindsey Graham, who's all over the place, just any way the wind's blowing, he goes there. Um, he's been, he's a, he's a total rhino. I'm sorry. He's a, he's a bit of a fake. He's got a good heart, I'm sure, but yeah, I wouldn't trust him. Anyway, what happened? He made a spectacle out of himself. Go ahead. Play that. We're at war. We're not fighting a crime. This is not some passage of time event. As long as they're dangerous, I hope they all die in jail if they're going to go back and kill Americans. It won't bother me one bit if 39 of them die in prison. That's a better outcome than letting them go. And if it costs 500 million to keep them in jail, keep them in jail because they're going to go back to the fight. Look at the friggin' Afghan government. It's made up of former detainees at Gitmo. This whole thing by the left about this war ain't working. So what? Uh, that wasn't about her. That was about the situation in Gitmo. 
And that was also uh, Senator Graham's plan to get on television and on the radio, shooting his mouth off. I'm not. Uh, I'm not impressed. I'm sorry. Uh, is that what you were calling about, Chris from Long Island? Hello. Yeah, yeah, I heard uh, Riverhead, and I thought it might be a good sound bite for the radio. But yeah, you know, I'm glad you premised it by saying he's a bit of a rhino, which I, I never knew what a rhino was until six years ago. But uh, thanks to you, you know, and uh, you inform us, you know. So, <laughs> what are you doing in Riverhead? Uh, I was going to buy. Uh, I went to buy some fertilizer, and then I went to the Polish deli to get some kielbasa. Right, that, that sounds like a decent Tuesday. I went to Riverhead myself yeah. to. Uh, Plead guilty to a traffic infraction. They got the big traffic court there, right? Anybody who ever gets a yep, ticket yep. in the Hamptons has got to get to Riverhead. All right, thanks, Chris. Um, I remember that I did get pulled over, and you know what I did? I whipped out the camera just for the heck. I was just kind of teasing. Uh, I was just teasing. I, I'm Strangely enough, when I get pulled over in a weird way, I'm always kind of relieved and semi-happy. I get to meet the cop. I, I, I'm not drunk. Um, you know, there are no drugs or weapons in the car. You know, I know everything's going to be fine. Um, I do because I'm on the right side of the law and I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. Um, not everybody feels that way. Mar- uh, wait, hold on. Um, Maria in Long Island. Yes. Hello, Greg. This is Maria from Franklin Square. How oh, are yes. You? The Italian lady. How are you? I love it. Listen. I just want to make a statement here. You know, what they did to that poor Judge Kavanaugh, these Democrats, are a disgrace. Something that happened when he was a teenager. You know what? I would like to see all those senators, what they did when they were teenagers. Or what they're doing right now, some of them. They're all a bunch of degenerates. This country, this great country of ours, I mean, I love it. You know me. I call you all the time and tell you I love, love, love this country. But Jesus, man, when are they going to stop? And I have another thing to to ask you, okay, Mm -hmm. before you tell me to get off the phone. What happened to all those innocent people in jail in the White House there? What happened to them? What do you mean the innocent people in jail in the White House? What are you talking about? Really, what did they really do that was so bad January 6th? I mean, we got criminals walking the streets. I know. I know. know, And these people are suffering for what reason? What happened to a system where it says you're innocent till you're proven guilty? I totally agree. I'll be spending several minutes on those guys tonight. January 6th, so many in jail, uh, now facing many years in jail, and they didn't hurt anybody and they didn't break anything, uh, so many of them. And I mentioned the Horns guy. He's like the face of this whole thing, the Horns guy. He's like the most innocent of them all. How many people were just let in? Hey, do me a favor, Maria, before we uh, – I got to take a break here in a second. Say something for us in Italian. Now, before I do that, I want to tell you one thing. Um, Just listen, uh, Greg. Say it in Italian because I only got 15 seconds left. All right, listen. Ti godi una bella giornata insieme con tua moglie. And you know what it is? What? I wish you a beautiful day together with your beautiful wife. Thank you so much. She just dropped off some soup for me, my beautiful wife. Thank you, Maria. 
Arriva Derchi. We'll talk again, and I'll be back a little bit after the uh, top of the hour here. Uh, be right back. The power of information. The freedom to talk about it. With New York Attitude. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Hey, what the hell happened at Disney? Disney, uh, Mickey Mouse and company, that company is totally deranged. Totally, totally, totally crazy. I mean, really, I'm sorry, but uh, goodbye to all that crap. The only thing I liked at Disney was Space Mountain and the monorail and the Polynesian Hotel and the Artificial Lake. Other than that, I had no real interest in Mickey Mouse or Go- Goofy was actually okay. Anyway, what happened here? So they have this don't say gay so-called. Damn it. They got me saying it. Uh, I don't I think I think they call it H.R. 222 or something like that. It's just as some generic name. Opponents have dubbed it the don't say gay bill. It basically says that uh, you have to only have age appropriate conversations about sex in school. In Florida public schools, you can't talk about, you know, uh, more esoteric matters of sexuality uh, with first graders. Fair enough. And if there is an issue, if uh, a child starts saying things about, well, they want to be a girl or they want to be a boy or they want to make a life altering healthcare decisions, uh, maybe you ought to tell the parents. That's it. So they say this is the don't say gay bill, and you're not allowed to say it. Just they've totally lied about it. And the left, they're very good. They're very good with their tactics, their intimidation tactics, their scare tactics. And uh, now they've got the boss, the CEO of all of Disney, apologizing. I should have spoken out about this bill much earlier. He already said he didn't like it, but I guess he didn't say he didn't like it strong enough or fast enough. And so he's going around apologizing to everybody in the company. Never have a town hall meeting, by the way, ever. I don't care who you are. Never have a town hall meeting if you're the boss. All right? There's safety in numbers. And I don't care if you're the pope. They're going to turn on you. All right? You could be the most generous guy, the best boss in the world. You put more than five employees in a room and and, and make that ten So tell me what you really think of the company. They're going to find something to not like, and they're going to blame you, and it could get very ugly very quickly. And nobody told this to the boss of uh, Disney. What's his name again? Checklist or something like that? He's CEO. So now the apology wasn't enough. Um, The town halls weren't enough. He has promised to make more programming for children. More programming. Gay programming for children. Disney's CEO said we're going to produce more gay content for kids. More gay content for kids. Uh, yeah, they really do want to kind of unravel everything, don't they? They just... Uh... Now you could say, well, what's wrong with being gay, Greg? What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I don't think any sexuality should be present in this uh, in, in programming for children. Okay? That's what I'm saying. It's at least when it comes to Disney and cartoons. Fair enough? We already have to worry about the 10 trillion porno, porno web pages that they can access through their phone. You know how different people are now as a result of pornography being 
accessible by anyone at any time, anywhere. In the olden days, <laughs> not terribly distant past, what, the early 90s, if you wanted to look at some pornography, well, what were your options? I guess you had the Playboy channel, but everybody would know you're subscribing to it, so that inhibited a lot of people. You could uh, go two towns over to the pornography store, and you'd have to actually go inside and make arrangements, and you'd have to make eye contact with people, and not everybody was willing to do that, only a certain subset of the population. Uh, what else could you do? You could go to a porno theater, although that's gotten harder and harder, and there are fewer and fewer of them. So you only had a, you know, really a select few going, engaging in this kind of stuff. And now um, it's been mainstream, mainstreamed. It's become popularized, right? It's everywhere. We have no idea the long-term impact that's, uh, that's bringing on. No idea. Disney employees are still not happy, by the way. They plan to walk out later today over the company's response to Florida's Don't Say Gay bill. On Monday, CEO Bob Chapak acknowledged the company's missteps and announced changes. Ay, 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 ay. And the changes included uh, this uh, more gay programming. Gay? Pro- how are they gonna? How are they gonna go there? What are they gonna do, Mickey? Like, I, there's Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. I didn't invent those characters. There's a boy mouse and a girl mouse. Mickey, they're gonna they're gonna find a new mouse named Andy, and who knows? Very strange stuff. Hey, we also have this. Did you hear about the music teacher, the vocal coach who was thrown to the ground by uh, some woman? I saw the surveil. I saw the story over the weekend. She was pushed to the ground. Anyway, they found her. She turned herself in. Woman turns herself in for shove that killed beloved voice coach, according to cops. New York Post says the woman wanted for shoving a beloved 87-year-old voice coach to her death in Manhattan nearly two weeks ago turned herself in to the NYPD this morning. Lauren Pazienza, 26, was charged with manslaughter in the death of Barbara Gustern after turning herself in to the NYPD's 10th precinct in Chelsea. Cops said Pazienza is from Port Jefferson on Long Island. She turned herself in with her attorney this morning. Pazienza of Port Jefferson covered her face with her hair She was led to uh, criminal court. Uh, Let's see here. Why did she do it? Police identified her through video and her Metro card. And I'm looking at a picture of her. Boy, oh, boy. Yeah. If she didn't turn herself in, they were going to get her. It's quite clear. You know, they were probably on her way to the house. A deactivated LinkedIn page lists her as the communications and events coordinator North America at Roche Babois Furniture. Babois? The company did not immediately respond to an email seeking comment. How long will it take for them to fire her? The Port Jefferson address is Pazienza's parents' home. She also has an okay. All right. Remember they used to put the address of everybody in the paper? You did something. They always put the address in the paper. I wonder why they stopped doing that. It's probably a good thing that they stopped doing it. Why would you just push a person to the floor? Why would anybody do that? I have noticed there's a real edge in the air. There's a real nastiness that wasn't there two years ago. And that brings me back to Black Lives Matter, by the way. Those riots, that looting, it was all sanctified. It was all deemed good. It was deemed good. Kamala Harris said it was a beautiful thing. The mainstream media said this had to happen. That was good. 
BLM was good. George Floyd was a hero. Now, those things were terrible. Now, what do you do with somebody like Katenji Brown Jackson, who's a decent person? Might not be right for the court. Doesn't seem that way to me. But she's a decent person, so therefore she's she gets elevated, totally elevated. Why? In part because of the color of her skin. Just like Judge Kavanaugh was reviled because of the color of his skin. White, a white man, a white guy. And remember, what do white guys know? Not much, right? They should apologize for even speaking, right? White guys don't know what's going on. Just ask some white guys. Can we ask some white guys? Don't we have some white guys we can talk to? Where are those white guys? Oh, here we go. Just ask some powerful white guys about uh, how out of it they are, how unhip and uncool. Cut 19. I'm asking for trouble here because here I am, an old, old white guy talking about race relations. This is what I'm saying to you. Why the rage, bruh? You, you, you're doing well, but you're a mean, mad white man. I think I'm just embarrassed. As a white person, we must not be cowed by the terror unleashed by white men drowning in the deep end of racism, xenophobia and misogyny. I'm an old white guy and I love Barack Obama. You can save me white men tears. I don't need to hear that. We don't realize sometimes, especially as a white person, how impactful, how offensive they are. I just know gray haired white guy in a suit, you know, fairly boring. Speak for yourself, white guys. Okay, I want no part of your silliness. Wow. Judge me on the mistakes I make and on the contributions I make, not on the color of my skin. I don't I don't think anybody likes that. White, black, nobody should be judged or made to feel less than because of things they can't control. But right now, I don't know, is it payback time? Is it payback time? I've actually heard that from some folks. Some people I know and love have told me that, no, now you know what it's like to be me. No, don't give me that. I don't, I don't actually, I don't actually, yes, I've had some conversations with my friends of mine, people of color, and I have told them that I have felt this sting of being white and it's not, you walk into a room and, and you're not viewed as, as valuable because of your whiteness. And one of my friends said, well, now you know what I've been going through for a long time. I said, I don't think that's true. And number two, even if it was, you should that should not be your reaction. If you had to go through that, and I'm sorry you did if you did, but it's not two wrongs. Do not make a right. And sometimes that playground logic is the best. And here we go again. Breaking news. Disney employees across the U.S. announced that they will get up from their desks and stage stage a walkout today to protest the Disney CEO's lack of action in response to the unapologetic bigotry of Florida. Republicans don't say gay bill. Retweet if you support the walkout. Disney CEO tried to stay out of politics, but was instantly pulled in. Um, and it looks like he's losing. I think he's going to lose his job in all of this. 
Walt Disney Chief Executive Bob Chapek made a decision at the start of the year. Disney was staying out of politics. The strategy was meant in part to help the entertainment giant avoid the culture clashes between executives and employees that have plagued many companies in recent years, said people familiar with his thinking. Instead, it backfired. The first big test of its policy of neutrality, which came with Florida's recently passed Parental Rights and Education Bill, known by its opponents as Don't Say Gay, exacerbated employee, politician, and fan resentment toward Mr. Chapek. Disney initially was silent on the bill, then came out against it after it passed and said it had worked against the legislation behind the scenes. Marvel Studios, Pixar Animation, and Lucasfilm, Disney 3's most important studios, released statements in support of the LGBTQ community and publicly condemned legislation on the table in other states. Prominent division heads apologized to their staff for violating their trust. Oh, this is the sickening part. Employees have staged walkouts and fans are talking boycotts on social media. (sighs) By the end of last week, Mr. Chapek apologized for his failure to make a strong public statement against the Florida bill. I got to come out tonight again in favor of this bill. In favor of it. Yes. Children in first grade should not be talking about their trans options. Okay. The whole world has gone mad. Wow. In so many people, these weak CEOs, Bob Chapek. You know, you get there. It's lonely at the top. I'm not quite at the top, but I kind of know what that I kind that that, 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 that kind of resonates with me a little bit. When you're on your way up, you have more friends. When you get to a certain place, uh, you got to be a bit more careful. And people are gunning for you. Now everybody's gunning for Bob Chapek. It's not his company. He's got a board of directors to deal with. Uh, Let's see. He apologized for his failure, blah, blah, blah. He also promised to pause political giving in the state. The Florida bill prohibits instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity from kindergarten to third grade, and it bans it in later grades if not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. Governor DeSantis is expected to sign the Now listen to that. Does that sound... Does that sound draconian? Does that sound the Florida bill prohibits instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity from kindergarten to third grade? Yeah, I'm just reviewing in my head. I may have had all kinds of thoughts uh, in my head back then, but uh, Mrs. Ryan wasn't talking about it. Mrs. Bowen wasn't talking about it. Who would I have for third grade? Mrs. McCauley wasn't talking about it. Mrs. Silverstein, I remember all my teachers from those years. They weren't talking about this stuff. Nor should they have been. Disney is rethinking plans for an all-hands company diversity forum known as, what? Reimagine Tomorrow Global Summit. (coughs) Excuse me. They're going to reframe it as an event focused on LGBT issues. According to people, okay, there's a little bit, there's a lot of exploitation going on here, right? There's, this is, this is about power in the workplace. Wow. Any employee given the chance would love to set their boss straight. Let's face it. Come on. That's human nature. But if you give them this, this phony moral issue to uh, hold over them, watch out. Watch out. All right, listen, uh, what's my status here? It's time. All right, calls when I come back. Be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
All right, we'll take some calls. We have uh, Lana on the phone from Long Island. Hello, Lana. Hi, how are you? Um, I just wanted to mention something to you about this transgender stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pretend that you're a man or a woman, but when you have to remember when you get to the judgment seat, God will judge you in the sex he made you. Um, that sounds right. I buy that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, um, hmm. 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 Elaborate on that. Oh, I sent you, my name is Lana Wood, and I'm a gospel singer, and I sent you a Christmas album, and I didn't know if you got it or not. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I, um, I'm not very good with the mail system. Um, <laughs> I really am not. I got, I, I just, and it doesn't get to me right away, and then it gets, uh, so I have not, I'll be looking for it. What kind of album did you send me? Is it a CD? It's a Christmas album, gospel album. Is it a no, CD? No Rudolph on it, just all hymns. Is it a CD? It's a CD, yeah. It's right. mine. It's my fifth album. Um, I also wanted to say, you know, when you think about children who uh, are saying they're going to be a boy or a girl, I'm number seven of seven children, five brothers, and I always wanted to be a boy, but I'm a girl. And I never asked to change my gender, but I think sometimes the parents are disappointed they got a boy and wanted a girl. Yeah, but I've heard about that. And they dress up the boy as a girl or vice versa. I've heard about that, right? And they think that they're a boy or a girl, and it's totally wrong. All right, listen. But yes, there's only one male, one female, that's it. All right, Lana, Lana Woods, right? Uh, without the yes, yes. All right, Lana Wood. I'm going to look for that album, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to look it up, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Christine is in Connecticut. Hi, Christine. Hi, good afternoon, Mr. Kelly. Hi there. I am a, I am a woman who happens to be transgender, and I'm conservative. I don't like this woke stuff in our country. And I, I don't think Governor DeSantis went far enough with his um, bill. I think it should be up to, like, grade 7 or 8 that you can't teach kids about LBGTQ plus things. Right? It makes sense. I mean, uh, and when you made the decision, uh, you, I take it, were an adult uh, because that's... Uh, I was 52, three years ago. Wow. So, I mean, uh, that surgery is something that is uh, irreversible. And and uh, I now... Uh, Huh, that's interesting. So you're transgender. The, um, the hormones are re- irreversible. Um, I'll, I'll share a quick life about the bathroom issue. Um, when you take hormone replacement therapy, I take uh, a testosterone blocker and estradiol. After a few months, you'll become chemically castrated. Yikes. And the bathroom issue is about these criminals who have a bright idea, hey, if I get a wig and a dress, I could call myself transgender and go in the women's bathroom and rape people. And these are the idiots who are only on the streets because of these no-cash bail laws and the the effects from the uh, George Soros-funded DAs throughout the country. Hey, can I ask you something? Uh, What do you think of the Leah Thomas situation? All right, I play a sport, too. Um, I'm a little different where, obviously, I'm older. Of all the trans athletes, it's not a stretch to say I'm the most accomplished in any sport before coming out because I am a national championship team in college. I've been four hall of fame to my sport. Um, it's, yeah, it's definitely, I can see where it's, it's a bad optic, but I would tell people pester all the sports organizations, the band trans females, if they have an issue, but herself, myself, everyone else has to um, follow rules and medical guidelines. You have to have a doctor, right? Your sports governing body. Well, that's the, but that's the problem, as you know. The NC two A, I think they call it now, 
those rules. That's what we object to. The NC2A has made it far too easy, and quite frankly, they shouldn't be prescribing hormones for anybody. And they're saying that Leah Thomas can swim as long as she's been on the hormones for whatever it is, 24 months or 12 months. I mean, I'm sorry, but the NC2A, the College Association for Athletics, should be more concerned with uh, referees and uh, buying the white powder for the lines and and chlorine. You know, I, I just don't see them as being involved in that kind of stuff. I will tell you this, though, the effects of being on HRT for I've been on it for 27 months. It's kind of envisioned like a big SUV and you pull the engine out and you put an engine of that tiny smart car in. That's all the strength I lost, but I'm older. So maybe it'll affect me a little more. All right. Let me just ask you this. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. And, um, you know, my days of playing, I don't play a physical sport. So a lot of things, so that's, that's a factor in it. All right, Christine. But Interesting. Until, people, until the people change the rules, just remember the trans female athletes have followed guidelines and, you know, go after the um, system. And no, the- no, I have to tell you that, uh, Christine, I appreciate your calling, but Leah Thomas should not be doing this. And I don't, there's some other, uh, we disagree on that. I, the NC2A must change the rules. Yet Leah Thomas is an adult, and she knows the effect this is having on her competitors. But, Christine, I appreciate it. Keep in touch. I'll be right back. W-A-B-C. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, let me hear that. Go ahead. Let me just hear that. Hold on a second. No, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Uh, somebody brought up Breakfast at Tiffany's not too long. You know, every woman in uh, the world says Breakfast at Tiffany's is their favorite movie, and I actually sat down and watched it recently. It's uh, uh, Audrey Hepburn basically plays uh, a prostitute, okay? it's uh, She has no real job. She goes to parties. Uh, she exploits uh, old, fat, rich guys and uh, takes their money and doesn't put out, but or sometimes a little bit, I guess. And what else? Uh, does errands for the mobster. Up in Sing Sing Prison, uh, two times her husband, uh, Buddy Epson, who's out there in the sticks somewhere. And um, this is the ideal because she's, what, skinny? Uh, and then she makes it quite clear that the only semi-decent guy in the whole movie, um, uh, Face from the A-Team, uh, she's not interested in him because he's talented and he's nice and he's good looking, but he's not rich. And she's going to go down to Brazil and meet herself a Brazilian billionaire after uh, um, the Adolfo man read the headlines about her and got scared. Really terrible, terrible movie. And um, and by the way, it's like a lot of anti-Asian stuff. And a lot of like, yeah, the Andy Rooney is playing a Japanese guy and it's just not nice at all. Um, so. We have that. Oh, also, you tell me, Kamala Harris, I've said it before, and I got some heat for it, but I heard it. And I, I didn't make it up, and I didn't see it on the Internet. I have a source in a position to know these things. Very high level. Can't say anything more than that. Who told me that Kamala Harris has a drug and alcohol problem, but primarily drugs, pills. And I'm like... Uh, really? And now I'm like, definitely. Cut 41, please. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here, 
and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. Uh, she almost saves herself at the end by mentioning children. It kind of neutralizes it, but it's very, very weird. Passage of time, passage of time, passage of time. Something is totally up. Now, I saw a message today on Twitter. Somebody said, well, she checked a lot of boxes, and we shouldn't pick vice presidents because they check boxes. That's how we always pick vice presidents, by the way. They check boxes, okay? George H.W. Bush, you remember him in 1988? He was kind of old. He's from the New England. He's not a real Texan. He's a country club Republican. What did he need? He needed the younger guy. He needed a... Uh, a guy from the Midwest. Uh, he needed somebody who was more conservative. And there were like two guys in the country like that. One of them was Dan Quayle. That's how this stuff works. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, Walter Mondale, 1984. He was going nowhere fast. He needed a stunt. He needed a gimmick. He needed a woman. And there were no female senators. I don't think there were any female governors. So, okay, give me a who is a woman who's elected to federal office? Geraldine Ferraro. Great lady, by the way. Great lady. But uh, people get jobs like that all the time, all the time. It's seldom, it should be, but it's seldom on the merits. It's seldom, I want the best person for the job. There's always, there's almost always some other angle that somebody is working. Somebody likes this person because they're hot. Somebody likes this person because they're they're good, but not that good. Because you want a person who's good, but you know won't threaten us and possibly take our jobs. There's all kinds of weird stuff that goes in human beings. We're animals. You know that about us. We're animals. Um, Jay in New Jersey. Hello, sir. Are you there? All right. Goodbye, Jay. Fun while it lasted. Uh, Tony in Rockland County. Yes, sir. How you doing? Uh, listen, I was just wondering about you mentioning all the LGBTQ community. Yes. We know that the Black Lives Matter was founded by two black lesbians. Correct. How come on the newsreels I've seen in the in the Ukraine uh, newsreels, the war in Ukraine, a lot of black people. Where is Black Lives Matter uh, speaking out for those black people? And maybe these, uh, the black lesbian founders can shake down Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Well, you mentioned that there are a lot of black people, and guess what? There's also a lot of over there in Eastern Europe. A lot of racism. There's a hell of a lot of racism. Another it's reason o- for them to be there, Greg. What? Yeah. Another what? reason for them to be there, yeah. Oh, for so, BLM to be yeah, there. Black yeah, black. right, BLM. Yeah. It's supposed to be a worldwide movement, right? Um, yeah, yeah, no, we heard from some very thoughtful people. They, they've they been told to go to the back of the line. They're not welcome on this train. They're... It seemed, look, I've never been to Ukraine. I have been to Russia. I've never been to Ukraine. Hard for me to say. I have seen some reports, and you listen to this one guy, thoughtful guy, complaining about racism. Uh, I think my sense is they got a problem, and you're right. If BLM was righteous, although they're kind of under fire right now, everybody is wise to them and their act and their scam, right? You know? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Bobby is, uh, no, no, hold on, Bobby. I want to go to Marianne in uh, Philadelphia. Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? Fine. All right. Um, I was calling about the uh, four cops that committed suicide. 
which ones? You mean uh, in the aftermath of uh, January 6th? January 6th, yeah. What about it? Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if they were, uh, my theory is, uh, they were possibly Trump supporters, as with that other guy, Matthew, was his K, was his last name. And uh, Officer Sicknick was also a Trump supporter. And I feel as though that they were handed an agenda and told they got six ways a Sunday of making them uh, things hard for them if they don't do as they're told. And they had trouble living with that. So that's why they took their own life. I have no idea. I have no idea. A couple of things on this, though. I do not like it when they say that the suicides are related to January 6th. We do not know that. That has not been established. They can't say that because they don't know it. And if they're saying it, they, they just they should not be saying it. And why is so much being held back? Why won't they trust the public with more information? You know, they never held a briefing on the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. They never did. They never had a press conference. You know, if there is a sh- if a cop shoots a person in New York City today, right now, if that happens, the mayor and the police commissioner and everybody else, and this has been the case for at least 40 years, will be on television tonight hosting questions. Or actually, before within three hours, they'll tell everybody everything they know. Bad shooting, good shooting, they put it out there. I've shown this on the Newsmax show before. A guy was shot outside of Empire State Building. Cops fired back. Unfortunately, the cops, they hit a few other people. Ray Kelly and Mike Bloomberg did not hold that back. They told everybody, and they got questions, many questions from what used to be the toughest press corps in the country. Why aren't they? Why are they so closed mouth about everything? So, look, I mean, you got a theory there. I, I can't, I can't endorse it. I, there's so much we don't know. I want to know more. I want to know more about Ashley Babbitt. I want to know more about Michael Bird. I want to know more about Officer Sicknick. By the way, that was not a suicide, but he also wasn't killed by Trump supporters. We have been scammed repeatedly and routinely on this story. Thank you, Marianne, very much. Uh, Augustine is in Long Island. Yes. Hello. Hello. How are you? Pardon? How are you? I'm fine. I am Enzo. I am Enzo, the baker. <laughs> Enzo, you better, Enzo, you better get out of here. There's going to be trouble. No, I stay. For your father. father for, for your, your father. father. All right. Wait for me in front of the hospital. I'll be down in a minute. And that's where he realizes he's not shaking. He's cut out for that job. Enzo <laughs> shakes to try and uh, light that cigarette, and he lights it for him. I know. I know exactly. It's a great scene. By the way, if you go to YouTube, actually go to my Twitter, and I'm not tweeting right now, about two weeks ago, maybe it was last week, I put. I went to the scene where that was actually filmed. I went to yeah. the hospital where that was filmed. And I recreated some of it. It's actually kind of cool. It's hard to find. It's also on YouTube, Greg Kelly Godfather series. Go ahead and find it. You did the voice very well, by the way. It's a fantastic uh, movie. The, uh, hmm? the, the scene where he comes out and kills them both in the uh, the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, that was made uh, in the restaurant right on the corner of uh, Mott and... Not spring. The next one down, sir. I was wondering, you are in. Well, you're incorrect on this one. It was actually filmed in the Bronx, uh, where Salazzo got killed along with Captain McCluskey. That was filmed in the Bronx. I know because I was. Act, I actually went to the location itself. 
It's um, in the movie. They say it's the Bronx. And in reality, it's in the Bronx. It's now a fabric store. At least it was when I went there about eight years ago. Um, You can look that up, too. I went there as well. Great movie. It's 50 years old. This week came out 50 years ago. And uh, good, good stuff. Augustine, thank you. And uh, give me one more line. Uh, One more line. But I never knew until today it was Bazzini all along. Yeah, a little bit too much. Yeah, I know, I know. Too much, too much drama. You're acting too much. You're acting too. Just say it. It was Bazzini. It's the smart move. It wasn't in the car. He said it. I think he said it in the uh, in the cemetery. Anyway. No, no, no. It was uh, no. What Tom Hagen asked him in the car. So you want me to set up the deal? And you want me to set up security? Oh, no, he'll know. No. No. Uh, no, 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 sir. No, sir. It was in the cemetery. No, you're talking to he, me, uh, uh, Tom Hagen. Well, let's go. We got to go yeah. review it. We got to go. No, we're all be safe. He says that in the he says it in the cemetery. He's, I almost guarantee it. Augustine, thank you very much. I'll have a lot of fun double checking that, though. I really will. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Ah, great movie. And so is part two. Fantastic. Wait, there's something else I had to do here. Hey, Joe Scarborough has got to be, um, well, maybe he's undergoing a little bit of hormone therapy. There's something very effeminate about that guy on, on Morning Joe. Could I hear this, please? Cut 39, if you don't mind. If we cannot call tactical nuclear weapons and chemical weapons against uh, uh, Ukrainians a red line in 2022, how sad, how weak, and how pathetic is that? Why can't we tell Putin, you cross those red lines, all bets are off. Mm -hmm. We're coming into Ukraine. We'll stay away from from Russia. We'll stay away from the borders. But we're going to shoot at anything that moves. If that's what we have to do to protect the Ukrainian people from your weapons of mass destruction. And we will destroy the Russian military in about 24 hours. So you make your choice, Vlad. You make your choice. But understand, if you want to talk about a worldwide nuclear war, maybe your generals, maybe the oligarchs around you, maybe they want to rethink it because maybe you want to go down with a ship, but maybe they don't want to. It's definitely kind of effeminate. And did you hear Mika say, mm, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and it sounds like a guy who is, if all that stuff happens um, that we don't want to happen, by the way, who's not going to break a sweat because he's going to be just going back and forth to his house and uh, the house in Florida and the one in Connecticut and the studio and just be talking like this. Putin, uh, a guy with absolutely no military experience, no experience, period, sitting there on national television dictating how uh, – I, look, I don't like the idea of a red line. Uh, I mean, I, I I like the idea of ultimatums. Don't call it a red line because we already did not live up to a red line before. Remember, Obama said red line was chemical weapons in Syria, and then they used chemical weapons in Syria, and what did we do? Nothing. So if we say red line again, I, it's just not going to – so I don't like the idea of saying red line. And um, I also don't like the idea of being sucked into a war – I really don't think that's a good idea, come to think of it. I really don't. Uh, I'm sorry. This is between the Russians and the Ukrainians. I mean, I don't want them doing it. I really don't. I want Russia to stop, go back, sanctions, yes. But this is longstanding stuff between those guys, and 
It's not like we haven't seen this before in history. He's just going into the country right next door. I don't like it, but we went into a country all the way around the world. Remember that? I know. You've heard me talk about it before. Hey, Eric in New Jersey. Yes. Hi, hi, hi. Hey, it's Eric. And uh, from one vet to another, thanks for what you do. Great show as always. Great. Oh, thanks, man. Um, yeah, that war, Vietnam, that was there. Then that did that. Anyway. Um, nobody's talking about, I understand the laptop thing and that we, we know happened, but the poor guy who turned it in, do you know, he went out of business because of this? He was hassled. He was scrutinized. He had to get attorneys and so so forth. He's got $175,000 in debt. He went bankrupt and he's moved out of the state, closed down his business. Yeah. And I think he went to Nevada. John Mac Isaac, I think is his name. He was on Newsmax about three weeks ago. I should get him on my show. He wasn't on my show. And you're right. He's gone through all that stuff, and he did the right thing. But his life has been ruined, uh, and he didn't do anything wrong. And these GoFundMe things, they can work. So I'd love to see his you know, accounts replenished. Thank you for reminding me, Eric. Uh, we got to help that guy. Thank you, sir. And... He called the FBI. He didn't call the local news. He called the FBI. Guess what the FBI did? Nothing. And then he called Tom Costello, I believe, who works with Rudy Giuliani, and then things started to happen. Eric, anything else on your mind? Well, just uh, stay yeah. healthy. Have right. a good okay. day. You Thank, know. Thanks, Bella. Uh, you too. And uh, ah, it's uh, time for me to uh, take a very quick break. We have bananas down the hall. I'll be right back. So Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz tried to catch a plane on Sunday night and was, uh, I guess he was bumped from a flight. He kind of got a little bit annoyed and uh, they brought in the cops. Ted didn't do anything wrong. I've been annoyed before. I didn't think they had to bring in the cops. They get very, very touchy at the airport. He's talking to Judge Brown right now. Ted, say what you will about him. He is a super bright guy. I'm curious about what his tone is here. Let's go ahead and turn up the volume just for a moment or two, okay? Theory that's at the law school level. Okay. Um, As you may recall, during the confirmation hearings of Justice Amy Coney Barrett, there was a great deal of attention paid to the fact that Justice Barrett served as a board member on the Board of Trustees of a religious private school, and and the press focused very intensely on the views of that school. In your questionnaire to this committee, you disclosed that you are similarly on a board, specifically the Board of Trustees for the Georgetown Day School and that you've been a board member since 2019 and you're currently still a board member. Is, is, is that correct? That is correct. Uh, in regard to the George, Georgetown Day School, you've publicly said, quote, since becoming a member of the GDS community seven years ago, Patrick and I have witnessed the transformative power of a rigorous progressive education that is dedicated to fostering critical thinking, interdependence, and social justice. When you refer to social justice and the school's mission on social justice, what what did you mean by that? Thank you, Senator, for allowing me to address this issue. Georgetown Day School has a special history that I think is um, important to understand when you consider my service on that board. The school was founded in 1945 in Washington, D.C. at a time in which, by law, there was racial segregation in this community. Black 
students were not allowed in the public schools to go to school with white students. Georgetown Day School is a private school that was created when three white families, Jewish families, got together with three black families and said that despite the fact that the law requires us to separate, despite the fact that the law is set up to make sure that black children are not treated the same as everyone else, we are going to form a private school so that our children can go to school together. The idea of All right, equality. she sounds fine, I guess, but I uh, this is... Uh, they're tiptoeing around the issue. Even Ted, even Ted is tiptoeing. Now, Ted went to law school with her. Ted was in her law school uh, class, I believe. Now, a couple of things on that. Uh, Ted Cruz was called the smartest student ever by... Oh, what's that guy's name? Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz, the constitutional lawyer, was at Harvard, and he said, this guy was off the charts brilliant, the smartest person I ever encountered. Now, Judge Jackson was there at the same time, and uh, he's not saying that about her. Uh, He's been uh, circumspect, rather circumspect about her intellect, uh, saying that uh, I must have met her, she was in a class, but I never noticed her, that kind of thing. Um Hmm, I wonder if that means anything. Probably not. All right, I got to get my act together. I'm going to go across the street. Um, thank you, everybody. Uh, let me just see what Tom has to say real quick. Tom is in Rockland County. Yes, sir. That, uh, Greg, that was uh, Villa Avenue in the Bronx. It was right behind uh, St. Philip Neri with the Godfather. Okay. I think it was Gun Hill Road, actually. No, no, no. I'm 100%. I, uh, I'm Irish. I'm All right, hold on a second. What's right across the street from it? What was right across? What was right directly in front of the uh, restaurant? I don't know because I was from Bedford uh, Park. Well, I think you know, you're. If you don't know that, I don't think you know. I I don't think you know where it is. I would know because she went to St. Philip Mary, and I also want to tell you, my son was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. He was in first recon. Uh. And he did uh, 2001 to 2005. All right. And, uh, At a boy, did he? They were very, very busy. Sure, sure. Yeah, Iraq and Afghanistan. That was uh, an intense time, and we may have one again soon. Joe Scarborough wants us to go and fight Russia full time. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think we should be doing that. As much as I like Ukraine, as much as I'd like to see Ukraine withstand this thing, I don't know if America should be going to war right now to defend Ukraine over some centuries-old beef that Ukraine and Russia have. I, quite frankly, don't want to get involved any more than I am right now. How do you feel about that, Tom? I think there's a lot of corruption in Ukraine, and they're paying for it right now. Uh, certainly a lot of corruption. I don't know if I'd link it to, uh, what's going on right now, but anyway, Tom, thank you very much. Tell your boy Semper Fi from me and I got to pack it in. I'll see you tonight on the Newsmax show at seven o'clock East coast time. It's on West. uh, It's on uh, East to West coast. So what is that? Four o'clock Pacific, uh, five o'clock mountain, whatever that is. (laughs) Six o'clock Central Time and, yes, yeah, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. I'll see you then. Thanks.